You are listening to the postcast presented by the Locked On Senators podcast on a Saturday night in Philadelphia where the Senators fought back from a disastrous first period, took a third period lead, but lost in overtime 4-3, the final score. I'm Ross Levitan. With me, as always, is Brandon Piller. Pillsy, how you doing tonight? Your overall impression on the overtime loss? Man, that was a. I really thought the Sens were going to win that one, Ross. Like the momentum came back ever since that DJ Smith timeout, right? Like that's, uh, I think you tweeted it out. It was how long before the first Sender shot? Like 13 minutes? Yeah. That was the flattest start they've had all season. And then they take a timeout and boom, this team gets back on track. And uh, they were buzzing. Uh, after that because the last half of that period I think they outshot the Flyers big time and then in the second period they took over the game yes Ottawa had seven of the next nine shots after finally getting their first yeah only problem was it was two nothing and after 12 shots so really no offense for Ottawa in the first two in the first period but that exploded in the second yeah absolutely and I really thought um you know, with and to Ross, you knew this too. With Martin Jones in net, like all they needed to do was just get some pucks on net. Like just start figuring out how to get the puck on net and create chaos and good things are bound to happen. And Martin Jones, he kind of proved that tonight too. They were able to quickly bounce back there. Yeah, and it was Tim Stutzla. How great to see him get his fifth. Yeah. Where do you rank that top Stutzla goals? Obviously his first career Tuck was beautiful, but that was pretty sweet. Oh, yeah. That was definitely nice. And especially, like, that's a tough angle shot. And it seemed like he kind of, like, it was like a whip shot, eh? Like, it had a lot of, like, really, it came off the the stick so quickly. It was at a tough angle. And he was still able to get it off at a good time and with some accuracy and with some speed on it. So, Tim Stutzla, at the center position, when you give him more time and space to skate with the puck... He can be really impressive offensively. And to next game he'll play, I almost said tomorrow, we have yeah. to mention the Senators will not host the Boston Bruins. That game has been postponed due to COVID and Ottawa media just tweeting out, um, should say the communications team, that practice is precautionary, canceled tomorrow as well. So we'll regroup, see what happens. Sends have two yeah. more games left before the Christmas break. And what do you say the odds are they play both? Not looking good, Ross. Like some teams are just completely shut down. Like they're just, that's it for, for the break. So I don't know. Like who, who do they have coming up in that time? Do you know the schedule? I can pull it up real quick. Yeah. I, it's it's not looking good. Yeah. Frank Valley today tweeted that 15% of the entire league is in COVID protocol right now. Yeah, so the Sens were meant, of course, to host Boston. Already said that was canceled or postponed. And then the St. Louis Blues, Carolina Hurricanes are the next two on the docket. And On the road? No, both at home. Ottawa oh, okay. coming, coming home, yeah. So they went to the two games in Florida, then into Philadelphia, and then back home for their game against Boston. Let's get in more tonight's game. 4-3 overtime loss in Philadelphia to the Flyers, where I mentioned they took the lead, and that was a great for third period play. Artem Zub get pucks on net, little knuckler. Beats him, but the lead was short-lived. Less than a minute later, Joel Farabee. What was your take on 
how he got his opportunity from the half boards. Wait, before we get to that, though, we got to give stick tax to Alex Formanton. I mean, yes. to be able to make a play like that on the penalty kill. And this kid is just boosted with confidence ever since being bumped up to Timmy's line and that second line. And he's been playing better offensively on the penalty kill, or at least I always thought it. His biggest threat is being an offensive force on the uh, penalty kill because then teams, they can't play as loose. They can't pass a puck around as much as they want because if you're sleeping for a second, like Keith Yandel, a veteran like Keith Yandel, just doesn't really think Formington is that much of a threat. He steals the puck from him. He's on a breakaway, and he gets a five-hole on Martin Jones. An amazing play, and that's what you love to see from Alex Formington. Second shorthanded goal of the year. Pulls him in for a tie for the league lead in that category and he had a bit of feistiness to his game ottawa philly we mentioned yesterday's locked on senders there's always a little extra spark and uh, we saw a couple times zoops actually took uh took a pretty big hit and made one himself so okay overtime we got to get to this because you and i had a bit of a disagreement over text and that was who do you start because of course kachuk gets the ot winner against colorado last week and that's just their set formation norris kachuk up front the big boys back end but the speed that Stutzel and Formanton was playing with tonight, you would have started them? 100%. And I think Ian Mendez also tweeted this out. And like DJ Smith, he's one of those guys that he goes with the hot hand. And Ross, I don't know about you, but this was one of maybe the only game all year where that top line, I didn't think they were that great. Like they didn't generate that many offensive chances. If they did, it was shots just coming down the wing. Kachuk and Batherson had a couple like, there was no really offensive dominance by that team. They weren't doing what they're usually doing. So, But Stutzla and Formanton, I thought, were having a great night. So I would have put them out there for sure. And we've talked about this before. Like, in overtime, I want Brady Kachuk to be on the second line. I don't want him to start and face off. Get him in a line change once the pace uh, and the flow of the game is already going. But start that overtime with speed. And who better to have speed than obviously Flash Formanton and then Tim Stutzla. Thomas Shabbat played 35 minutes and 39 seconds. It was a minus three. Your thoughts on his performance? Uh, it's tough when, like, I thought he had a really good game because there Me was a too. couple, like, he's confident with the puck after scoring that goal. Like, there was a couple times where he made some deeks in tight. He was not afraid to pinch and join the play and even be a driver of the play in the offensive zone. But also, Ross, you look, two of the goals, were, and then the overtime goal are results of, like, the the one goal, he tries to deflect it. It goes past Forsberg. The Farabee one, which I'm glad we skipped, but I'll touch on it quickly. It goes <laughs> off his skate from a bad angle at the worst time ever. And then the OT goal, he tries to ring it around the boards to Spring Batherson. It gets kind of caught up in the boards there. Atkinson gets it, passes it over, and it's an easy one-timer goal to finish that game So by Sandheim. So... Tough for those to be big parts of your game, but then there was also incredible parts. And you mentioned it, playing over 35 minutes and you're playing in OT, you're gassed at that point. And he hasn't done that recently, which is rare for Shabbat. Like the last couple of games, Ross, we talked about it. He wasn't the first defenseman in time on ice, the second. Sometimes he wasn't even the third. He was at the fourth most time on ice for the defenseman, for the Ottawa Senators. So it was definitely a big change for him to be on the ice this much, but... Also, if you're DJ Smith, you know tomorrow's game's postponed. You don't play a game for a while. Why not empty the tank with your best defenseman? I don't fully blame him there. When you play that much, you play with everybody. 
but including youngster Jacob Bernard Docker, 1906. So he got his opportunity tonight. How did he make an impression on you? I, th- I thought he he did fairly well. The the one thing that sticks out in my mind though, Ross, and I can't tell if I'm upset with him for this was that penalty, right? The holding the stick penalty. But also then I got to thinking, well, that line and all those players had been on the ice for a long time at that point. So, you know, maybe it's best you take one for the team there because they might have got scored on shortly after, and then you get fresh legs and they and they end up killing off that penalty. So it's not the worst thing in the world, but seems like a little bit of a rookie play when you're hemmed in your own zone and tired to grab a guy's stick. Like, doesn't matter what level of hockey you're playing, you know you can't do that. So that's clearly a tired JBD out there. But other than that, I didn't notice anything too bad defensively. And he even tried to get a couple pucks towards the net, which is rare for JBD to be a, a little bit of an offensive guy. Three shots on goal. Yeah. Uh, Zub and Shabbat both had four, but still that's quite a few from the back end. I thought he he did fine. I want to see more of him and and go from there. But um, Zaitsev, of course, you know, what would you say? It's just kind of a replacement level. Because well, the there were times out there tonight where I was like, I think like in strength situations, battling out front where I, I was like, oh, I think Zaitsev probably would have pushed the guy out of the way a little bit easier than JBD did. But it's part of the growing process and definitely. i'm definitely on team developed jbd on that right side yeah I, I agree with you for sure but i think this is also an important reminder and i don't want this statement to get mm-hmm. twisted the wrong way but zaitsev is, a, is an important part of this team because look at the ripple effect it had right zaitsev goes down he's out for four weeks unfortunately and now the split of shabbat and zub isn't as effective. You got a, a younger player uh, playing up with Thomas Shabbat, and it's going to take time. But I just think with Zaitsev in the lineup, it adds more structure. Like I think JBD might have been better off to get started in this stint in the NHL, playing in a third pair role, just to kind of get the feel for how fast and how tough the NHL is. So I think eventually we want to see him up there on that top pair, but it might have been a bit too much, and we're going to see the effects of no Zaitsev for a while here. Sounds like four weeks. Was yeah. that was that the update from DJ Smith? Yeah. That's going to be at least seven or eight games. So we'll see uh, if it's JBD all the time, right? Lassie's still down there, although not playing, as Belleville has been affected by COVID yes. now for three straight games, and they're shut down for the next few. Also, uh, it's a ripple effect around the NHL as of what time is it here? 10.41 p.m. on Saturday. The Senators are scheduled to play Tuesday and Thursday on home ice. But we'll have that information for you. Locked on Senators Monday through Friday. We're free and available wherever you download your podcast. Appreciate everyone joining the postcast as well. Tonight following a 4-3 overtime loss. The Senators falling in Philadelphia to a team that started to play better under their new coach. That's four wins in their last five games. Turned it around after eight straight without a win. Uh, goal scorers tonight for Ottawa was Tim Stutzla and Alex Formanton in the second period. And then in the third, Artem Zub, which you love to see to take the lead. Zub, 27 minutes and five seconds. But for my sense central standout, I'm going Alex Formanton because I want to talk a little bit more about the play he made to set up Stutzla's goal and get Ottawa on the board when it seemed so far away at 2 nothing. It, that was a generous 2 nothing. would you not say, Pilsy? Yeah, definitely. And uh, the, It could have been a way worse. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, like I said, I think that was definitely the flattest 
start we've seen from this hockey team. And yeah, I'm glad you brought it back there. You, you know, I always love shining uh, light on the assists of goals. Usually that's what I get excited about. And that Formington assist, although it seemed like kind of a simple play, there's a lot of hockey IQ to know that placing it at the right spot for Stutzler to pick that up and knowing he's got the speed to make something out of that play. And also, shout out Connor Brown, who gets a secondary assist. Uh, he makes a good play to move that, advance that puck up to Formanton. Yeah, third multi-point game for Alex Formanton, and he's just looking so much smoother offensively and through transition now that he has a puck carrier in the middle of the ice that brings speed as well. So that play I was referencing... Formanton gets the puck after a great defensive awareness takeaway from Stutzla, chips it up, they get some speed, and as Formanton's waiting for Stutzla, because he has so much momentum, he's able to angle the defender off and create so much space that Stutzla, instead of having to slow down over the blue line, he's able to take the puck with speed, and that's how he beats the defenseman. So just that little high awareness play from Formanton went a long way. And then he gets a tuck himself. So he's my Central standout. Pilsy, who do you have as yours? You took my plan B. So I'm glad I'm stuck with my plan A. And that A is for Anton Forsberg. I know it's old. I sound like a broken record. But this is, is this the third game straight? I think he's been my guy. Like, Ever since the Florida game, yeah. I think you told I, him to keep the helmet and sunglasses. Yeah, exactly. He needs to keep it safety first for a goalie that's peppered with that many shots and keeps his team in the game. I'm always, and I've said it before, Russ, I'm always so amazed at Anton Forsberg's ability to track deflected and tipped pucks through traffic. Like, it seems like they don't bother him. Like, he's able to figure out where it is. And a lot of the times, uh, a goalie will be searching for that puck and then it goes by him and then it looks bad on the replay. But Forsberg is always searching for it and he always seems to find it and to get a pad out. And he does such a good job at his rebound control. Like for a guy who's kind of been a journeyman guy and went through waivers and went through, I think, four different teams last year, it's incredible that he's able to play this consistent, this consistently. Like, what's in the water in Ottawa where they can find these kind of mediocre guys who haven't quite found their spark, and then they play consistently in Ottawa, and they're hot. It's crazy. Yeah, Forsberg, the latest of a line that, let's see how many I can get off the top of my head. Nielsen, Condon, are we counting Hammond? Oh, are we counting Hammond? Oh, yeah, big time. <laughs> he's, probably, he's probably the poster boy yes, for definitely. coming out of nowhere into an Ottawa crease and going a long way. I was just saying that because I think he was already in the Ottawa system. Those other guys, they went out and got from yes. other teams. They're just yeah, taking fair. everybody, and you'd add Forsberg to the mix there. If, if anyone remembers any others, throw that in the chat. Goalie-friendly show. Uh, what are you, some final points, some Looking forward, right? You're thinking, is this the way Ottawa is going to go in to the Christmas break? I don't want to be too negative right now. Things are changing in a hurry. But if you're going in after the start they had and you're 5-1-1 one, and one in your last seven games, you got to be feeling pretty good. Absolutely, yeah. I think the um, the boys are feeling great. The vibes are at an all-time high for Sens fans, uh, even though we might be a little annoying to other people. But uh, this is like, it's great to have these kinds of hot stretches because it really allows the team and the coaching staff to be like, yeah, all the work 
and all the things we've been putting in in practice and all the things we've been buying into and all the culture that's being set by our leaders and Brady Kachuk and Thomas Shabbat. Also, just quickly before I move on from that, how about Thomas Shabbat before overtime, giving the the guys a full plan of what what he wants done and it really looked like he was taking charge in that overtime uh, play before the faceoff there. So you'd love to see that from him. Um but yeah, it really allows going into this hot streak, allows you to be comfortable knowing that all the work you're putting in, you're going to start seeing results. So if they can end, obviously, we don't want to see games postponed, but if they can keep this rolling through the next two games, or if it doesn't happen, at least they're on a high note and they can be like, we just got to keep doing what we've been doing. Tim Suits is going to play his 82nd career game. That's a full NHL season. Yeah. So now we can start getting a little feel of what a normal year would have looked like. You're looking at uh, 18 goals and 27 assists for 45 points. Not bad. Right around the 50-point mark, eh? Weird. Yeah. Similar. I want to say Brady Kachuk was 44. Yeah, yeah. I, I was just referencing Derek Stepan's many 50-point seasons. but Oh, uh, my goodness. Um, and also It was Ross- 45, by the way. Although Brady missed 11 games, so unfair to compare two of Stutzler's season or parts of and not include that if we're going by games played. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that's definitely fair. Uh, And and one takeaway that I had, Ross, I can't wait to see Claude Giroux in a Sens jersey. Oh, my God. Still so smooth. The things he was doing out there just – and I – I don't know, just the way he carries himself, like, you know, that's like a respected NHL player. So, like, I can't wait to see, like, the black and orange not really working for you. Try some black and red, Claude. Uh, On editor's note, Claude Giroux moved into a tie for second all time on the Philadelphia Flyers points list. So Yeah, so get out of there. You don't want to take top (laughs) spot. That's too much pressure. Get out of Philly and come home. I don't think he's going to be even close. It's Bobby Clark, and it's a lot of points. Oof, yeah, I think Giroux is eight something tonight. Maybe eight eighty three. Eight eighty three. Bobby Clark was like twelve forty. He was at least two fifty away. Okay. Yeah. No offense to Claude Giroux, who's playing his thirty four year old season right now. Free agent. This upcoming off season, the Flyers they got their two points tonight. They're now on a roll under Mike Yo. Yep. So we'll see. But the Senators also 5-1-1. One, one. Like, now, nah, Caleb, we, let's get, head to the chat and uh, before we go get here. we got chat. a minute. And appreciate everyone for joining us in the postcast after each and every Ottawa Senators game this season. This is our first Saturday late night, yeah. Kelsey, because the Sens beat Tampa in the afternoon. The last time, Caleb Smith, that's a bad bounce, not a giveaway to anyone slandering Thomas Shabbat. Your thoughts, like you already mentioned Shabbat's game. Nothing wrong with it overall. You think a little fatigue at some points, though? Definitely, yeah. And I'm assuming Caleb's talking about the OT goal there, or is are you talking about the Farabee goal? I mean, either of them are bad bounces there. So, yeah, I don't I don't blame Shabbat at all for this. Like I said, like this is uh, this is a guy that's a number one defenseman. He's been feeling it with the puck offensively, and those are just. Honestly, those are just results of him being on the ice often. Like, if that's any other defenseman, those same things probably happen, right? So, I don't blame him at all. Shabbat, you're good. Oh, you're muted. Yeah, hell of a player, and he had his leadership on display as well tonight. On display in the chat, we absolutely love this, too. Ash Rogers checking in from Australia, send Central Citizen. And we got Rob uh, logging in from Victoria, B.C. So... 
we're way we're on a couple islands right we're now. spreading out here yeah <laughs> a couple island boys here wrapping up a 4-3 senators overtime loss to finish up a successful three-game road trip let's Definitely. not yep uh one one and one is the record but when you stomp the florida panthers eight two you still hold your head high after i'm gonna remember that one for a while Hard-fought loss to the Lightning. They lose 2-1, give up that game-winning power play goal. What are you going to do, Victor Hedman? He's paid to perform in those big moments. Um, And then, yeah, tonight you get the point, although that start was absolutely brutal. Thank God they were able to come back and get a point, or else the discourse, especially a few games are postponed along the way. It would have been a lot tougher. But appreciate everyone jumping on. Uh, on a weekend edition of the postcast presented postcast. by the Locked On Senators podcast. Pills, you're going to have a fun week coming up as well. Enjoy your Sunday, everyone. Appreciate your activity in the chat and joining us after each and every Sens game right here on the postcast and downloading the show. It would really be great whether you do that on YouTube or wherever you download your podcast. Hit that thumbs up button and we'll chat on Monday afternoon. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the postcast following. A 4-3 Ottawa Senators loss. The Sens get oh so close to the 10th win of their season, but not quite. They have an opportunity, hopefully, on Tuesday to do just that. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. Have a great night, and we will talk on Monday.